My name is Sarah, and I'm Anxious AF. Welcome back to the podcast. In this week's episode, you'll hear a conversation I had with a few of my very close friends, Kimberly, Kate, and Nikki, about being a woman and the anxiety that seems to come with the territory. We chat about body image, insecurities, and being out of someone's league. We also talk a lot about sexual anxiety, masturbation, and periods. I don't think anyone understands how much anxiety I have about all of that. And I've never spoken about periods or masturbation or anything like that out loud. I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about all of this to all of you. But like everything else with this show, I get real personal in the hopes that someone who listens can relate and not feel so alone. I really love this conversation. It was so much fun to record. Definitely a lot more jokes and hot mess than usual. So I hope you enjoy it. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Thank you guys for being here. Um, For all you fun listeners, this is going to be, like, so good. I'm just saying. Um, These people that are here are, like, some of the closest people in my life. So I am so excited to talk to them about being a lady because that's what this episode's about. Um, We're going to talk about dating and sex and just being a lady and the pain and the struggle. So it's going to be a lot. So get ready. Um, Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? First names? Hi, I'm Kimberly. Hey, it's your girl, Kate. Hey there, I'm Nikki. Welcome. Uh, So the first thing I want to talk about with you guys is uh, anxiety about your body and growing up with insecurity about your body and sort of where you stand now with how you feel about yourself. So, Nikki, I'm going to start with you. Ooh. um, You know, I was... uh... I know a lot about body shaming is has to do with being bigger kids, but I was a I was a skinny, scrawny kid and I have buck teeth and like not grown into my body at all. And when all the other girls started filling out real nice, I was a little bit of a late bloomer. So high school was a little iffy. Um now, you know, I have become very open about it. I'm very comfortable with myself. I recognize things. Everybody wakes up and is like, oh, shit, I look bad today, you know, but um Overall, I'm very happy with myself, and I think I do the best that I can to keep myself in a shape that I'm happy with, and healthy is really the big one. I am healthy, you know, and maybe I don't like this or maybe I don't like that on different days, but I know that I'm I'm in good shape. So definitely there was a lot of anxiety in, in getting to that point with myself, though, um, and, and growing into that and, and growing into myself and growing into appreciating myself. Um, which happened didn't start happening until probably after college cuz uh I came from a very small town and moved to New York City so I'm not comfortable with myself and I go to a new place that's really big and really different and and I'm so worried about fitting in there or finding my place there that you don't get time to stop and and learn to appreciate yourself until you're settled in and you have uh things going for you there differently and then you go okay wait a minute now how do I feel about me? Yeah. Um, so, Kate, I know you've had 
some struggles with that over t- over the years. So for you, have you felt like pressure to look a certain way or, you know, just not feeling good in yourself? Oh, yes. Um, yes, all my life, um, I've been a larger lady, if you will. Yeah, it was always uh, in the back of my mind. It always is in the back of my mind. Um, I, I was lucky. I was never like, bullied. I was never made fun of. I always had a great group of friends. Um, I had a good family, but um, also kind of a critical family. And I think that's where um, a lot of my internal shame came from. Um, I have a very critical grandmother who's quite like a matriarch type. Um, And I love her. She's 92 years old still going strong. She's crazy. Um, and I love her so much. But yes, she was pretty critical. She was probably the most critical voice I had growing up about my weight and my size, which was hard to hear um, when my other cousins were, uh, you know, like being offered this and that and a snack and a cookie, whatever. And it's like, oh, Catherine, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have that. And I was like, dang, I'm 11. Um, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I mean, my mother, uh, struggled with her weight for her entire life. Um, more, more after she had children, um, she had depression. So of course, mental illness, how that plays a factor in everything. Um, and so she passed away, uh, when she was 48, I was 13, still overweight. And, um, unfortunately, that consumed so much of her life. Um, so I think as I've gotten older, I haven't wanted it to consume my life the way it consumed hers. I don't want to be constantly comparing myself to people on the street, to other women. It's just not productive. It's not helpful for anyone, in, especially yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think especially once I moved to New York after college, I think I just got into like a I'm going to just work on me and like I'm going to be okay with who I am and what I am and what I look like. Um, you know, I'm bigger, but I'm still cute. So, um, yeah, I think like now as I'm getting older, I'm getting more and more okay. But as Nikki said, of course, I have the days I wake up. I'm like, oh, what Everybody. a what a shit person. Everybody. Has um, days. Yep. And uh, Kimberly, we had a conversation a little while ago about this pressure to, you know, feel like you're pretty enough and a pressure to like that you feel like you're like not in somebody's league and like. How has that experience been for you, and what was that? Have you, how long have you felt that, and do you still feel it now? Yeah, no, I definitely still feel it. Because um, growing up, I definitely, similar to Kate, have always kind of been a little bit heavier. Um, I actually found out that the reason why is because I have something called polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, and insulin resistance. Um, so that was kind of hard because growing up all the time, it felt like, well, I'm eating healthy. I'm working out. I dance. I do all these things. Like, why is all this weight on me? And everybody else is like slender. So that was a problem. To, like that, that still is a problem for me today. Of that, like my body is something that I'm not fully in control of, and so that plays into it too. Or like, um, yeah. In in college, I lost a lot. Sarah, you know this. In college, I lost a lot of weight. I started to get attention from really attractive men. And that was concern, even men who were my friends. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm the same girl. That like girl who was really big was the same girl that's here today. So we're not gonna treat her differently. And I was getting like literally attention from men who like, I would swear, I even said to one guy like, 
when I was heavier, you wouldn't have even looked at me. And he was like, no, 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 that's not true. Um, but I was like, it's very true. It's, it's hard because I think I still view myself and I will always view myself as the heaviest version of myself, no matter how small mm-hmm. I get. Because even at my smallest, I still saw myself at my largest. Like at my smallest where I was like, people were like, you're too tiny now. I looked in the mirror and I always saw like my size 22 self. So that's where I was. So then like the hard piece too, is I carry that into my dating or flings with guys where I'm like, I almost get angry. at like, I've talked to my therapist about this. Like I get angry at them. Like don't like me like because of my body, like like me for who I am because this body can change. And this, and so I don't know. It's the out of your league thing is definitely something that I struggle with. And I think it'll always be a struggle until I take control over myself and, and love myself the way that I need to, because um, I've like let my weight and society's perception of that uh, impact me and impact like who I think should like me and who shouldn't like me. So. Well, yeah, I feel like my therapist was saying that like I'm making it harder on myself by being the weight that I am because it's limiting my choices. And I think there's a realness to that. But at the same time, it's like, but I wouldn't want someone that wouldn't like me based on like what I look like, like. I want someone to get to know my personality. And she was like, well, you're not going to let them see their personality because they're going to be turned off by what you look like. And I was just like, no, I don't agree. That's a lie. That's a straight. I gained a hundred pounds in my last relationship. And my ex-boyfriend's like, oh, I didn't even, like, really notice. (laughs) Because, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's BS. Like, I think your therapist, I think that's total BS. My thing, again, like I've always said, if you you don't like me at 300-something, you better not like me at 150-something because it's the same person. So that's BS because people's bodies change. People get pregnant and have babies and their bodies change and all this stuff. So, no, I was saying to you at some point that, like, I just feel like my friends that have lost a lot of weight – they still think that they're fat and that that body image stays with them and they still feel like they have to lose five pounds. And I'm just like, you're not fat. Shut up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I have to lose another five. I mm. can't fit into this bikini or whatever. And mm. I'm just like, I just want to know what that's like. But at the same time, I don't want to be that vain. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a bad place to live. I've I've lived there like I I would look in the mirror and I would not see what I actually looked like. Mm-hmm. Like I even look back at pictures now and I'm like, man, why was I complaining? Yes. Cause I was not, Yes, I was nice. That was a nice body, but you don't realize, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you don't realize nice it. Body. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's weird. It's almost, I, I blame society. That's what I blame oh, because absolutely. I don't think we're all, we all have this inside of our own self. Like something is telling us like, you need to lose the next five pounds or mm-hmm. summer's coming. You better build up your body. Like, um, yeah. It's know. even subliminal. It's on all those posters. Mm-hmm. It's on the billboards. It's in the magazine ads. It's on the ads on Instagram. Yeah. You, you don't, you're not looking for it, but it's there. So you're just getting bombarded with it all the time. Oh, you got to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got to be skinny. Oh, you got to look like this. No, you got to be healthy and, and you so, got to be happy with you. It's so unattainable. Everything, Everything is unattainable. Yeah. We're not like, all yeah. Victoria's Secret's I, underwear. Mom. Yeah, I kept thinking growing up that, like, because it's on all the posters and the billboards and on TV, that, like, that's why my body's not acceptable. Yeah, mm. you know absolutely. Because I, mean? yeah. I was yeah. like, if I didn't think my body was unacceptable, I'd probably be fine with how yeah. I look right. right now. And that stigma yeah. is still yeah. there mm-hmm. of, like, oh, okay, like, it's still like something for people either to fetishize or yeah. it's like a type 
that someone or you have to put like you know full figured or curvy or whatever there has oh. to be like a word for your body on the apps <laughs> so this question is a little bit more geared towards kimberly because i know how she is but uh i think there's this anxiety that i have about if i do feel like any sort of like physical sexual feelings towards someone there's this this shame that I'm going to be judged and and be thought of as like a slut or a hoe mm. or something along those lines. And I feel like Kimberly has a lot of like sexual energy that she just is, has no shame about. And I just Ooh. where did that come from? And like in terms of like just being open about it and like, did you feel like you had to hide it at some point? Um, no, I feel like I had an awakening in college um, when I just started to have actual real feelings for people like uh, guys girls people you know um and I was like whoa like I have feelings in lots of places and I just (laughs) went with it like you know what I mean I just didn't deny it um and then I met other people who didn't deny it and that that and then I just started to open myself up to opportunity. Like, I totally understand what you're saying because I think growing up, you're told that if you have these thoughts and these feelings, like, you're a nasty girl. But I also, I'm also somebody who locked it down. Like, I did not have, um, I always wanted a committed relationship, so I wasn't going to have actual sex with anyone mm. until I was in a committed relationship. So I was able to be free and sexual without even having had sex and had that many sexual experiences. I just like tapped into my own self and I don't view myself as like, like this is beautiful. This is my body. This is like, this is how my body expresses itself when it likes someone and it's an attracted to somebody. Um, and I don't want to deny that. Like I've, when I meet people sometimes, if I have this strong chemistry, like why deny that? Like why? Hmm. It's beautiful. You know? Truly. <laughs> Actually, I want to say that. I love that you said that because you, and this comes up in some of these other podcasts, uh, for the anxious AF show where women talk about going through the hoe phase or whatever. Yes. And I disagree with that term so hard. Mm-hmm. I think that that's not fair. And I think that it's a double standard term yes. because Absolutely. men have the hoe phase all the time. They're players. They yeah. do whatever they want. Constantly are, a hoe. <laughs> yeah. why, you know, why does it have to be called the hoe phase? Why does it have to have a, a bad connotation? Right. You know? And so I love that you said that, that you said that like, this is me and it's beautiful and this is what I want. I, and everyone is different and some people want it more and some people want it less and and everyone feels a little different or experiences it a little different and and I think that that's okay and I think that you should be allowed to try new things how do you find what you like if you don't try new things in any walks of food drink experiences sexual experiences sexual partners how do you find what you like exactly but no one tells you these things because I'll be honest like growing up my mom was always like it was always like you need to wait to have sex till like you're married and oh, I like yeah. went with that feeling and then interestingly though I did ask her like did you wait and then she didn't <laughs> hypocrite <laughs> yeah right I was like I okay and I was like did dad wait and she was like you'll have to ask him oh um and I was like wait so our whole lives are a lie because these people oh, yeah. are going out and sleeping with everybody but I have to wait until I'm and then when I got to college and I was feeling these vibes with people I was like I don't think I'm supposed to deny my body of this like I'm pretty sure my body says to be with this other body so I'm gonna like go with this flow um so yeah I mean I think that's the stuff that should be out on posters and stuff it should be yes. like love yourself like listen to your body like I can't wait to have children and to have a different conversation with them be in touch with yourself protect yourself and those are the only two mm-hmm. things there's nothing else like why deny yourself like we only live once and if you're gonna as drake says yo drake had it right 
He knows. He knows things. Aubrey Graham. He knows. You know. Um, Wheelchair Jimmy. Wheelchair Jimmy. A lot of that has to do with education, though. Yeah. Like uh, like just sex education, but also like masturbation. And I always have this fear of like. I don't know, like, should I be doing this? Or, like, what's right. happening? And, like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I was just trying to, like, rub things wherever I could rub things. <laughs> yes, and I was girl. like, what's happening? I don't... <laughs> I'm I imagining like... you, like, gently caressing a pillow. Like, <laughs> is this it? <laughs> but it's oh, like, but no one ever taught you that. Yes. No. Yeah. Least, yeah. You have to, like, you know, YouTube is a thing and, you know, yeah. sex shops and blah, blah, blah. But, like. Yeah, but when we were kids, when we were kids YouTube it wasn't, wasn't a really thing. a thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're we're still that weird generation that remembers before the internet took yeah. over yeah. everything. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's like that Back very strange. Day. Even to what you were saying, Kimberly, like the the fact that like you know you're saying you want to raise your children th- in this like really positive and and accepting place, and I think that is just like a gener not to generalize everything, but I'm going to. <laughs> it's like a generally gener. Uh, generational thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, you look at your parents, the baby boomers, um, you know, the awkward group that's before the millennials who's, what is that, Gen X, maybe? It's fake. Um, <laughs> and just, like, it's just so different from from us. I feel like the millennials and, and Gen Z, I don't know what the generations are. Yeah, Why yeah, am I, I trying? Was, I was born via stork, so I don't know what you're <laughs> Oh, oh right, you were yes. a stork delivery. Oh, Definitely. There's no other way. But it's yeah. just... Um, it's just, I think, like, the way we're all going to raise children is going to be pretty different because, of course, we're reacting to how we were raised, which is always exactly. what happens. But Shout out to my parents, though. My parents were um, pretty great about all the subject of sex and, and periods and body, you know, body hygiene and stuff. Um, when I had my first sex ed class, and I grew up in the South in a small town, so sex ed is with quotes around it. Um Yes, you can't. When see I them came on home podcast. and said, "Okay, mom, I have some questions." What was that? I said, "You can't see that on a podcast." Right, I'm, I'm explaining. Um, <laughs> when I came home and said, "Okay, mom, I have some questions," she handed me her her college sex ed 101 book wow. and said, "Wow." And and she made notes. So this was back in you know the the like 90s, um, early 90s, and and she made notes in it. She said, "So I just want you to know they had." information about women's bodies sexually she's like this is wrong and women can orgasm this way and this way and she put post-it notes in it for me she's like here you go have fun and so we didn't I didn't have full-on conversations with her necessarily but if I did have something I could ask her when I was ready to have sex when I was a teenager and I'd been with my high school sweetheart you know um it was easy it not easy. I mean, you're, you're a kid and you're nervous and like whatever. But I was like, mom, I want condoms, you know? And mom was like, Whoa. okay, I know what's up. You know, my dad, <laughs> my dad had the first real serious conversation with me about my period wow. that I remember to this day. My father did that for me. So my parents were, were pretty good about that stuff. And I think that I got really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Same. No, I got, I got pretty lucky in that, in that sense. And there's still, you know, I can see my mom is she doesn't outright talk about it, but like she'll mention it and she'll be low key because that's how she was raised. You know, women don't go around talking about this stuff. But yeah. um, but it's clearly something that she's comfortable with yeah. on her own. She may not talk about it or or, or voice it very often, but uh, it's something she's got figured out. Yeah. You know? Sounds like it. So. But yeah, that's actually a good segue because I also wanted to talk about 
like anxiety and periods and not knowing what to do and mm. how to hide things and like my parents didn't tell me anything they just told me my mom just told me that i had to buy pads with the extra flexi wings or whatever the oh. fuck you call them <laughs> and oh great advice we're gonna get stuck up there did she warn you why you would need them she just said this is what i use this is what works i work for a doctor that was always her explanation. You can't fight that. Wow. That was right like thing. science. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Facts. Facts all day. Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'll, I'll jump in oh. on that. Oh, <laughs> the doctor? Oh, my God. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, God. Oh, my but, gosh. But, like, she would just be like, no, tampons, no, they're going to get stuck. And, no, like, oh, I, I never went swimming myth. growing up when I had my period because no. I was like, oh, God, like, I'm just, I can't have a tampon, and the pad's yeah. going to just float. <laughs> no. <laughs> Truly. <lies. laughs> oh. I don't know what to do. So I just never, never use them. And now I'm like, I want to go to the spa and sit in the hot tub. Yeah. And then yes. I'm screwing myself over because I'm afraid to shove this thing up there. So mm. I just did. And is this just me? I assume it no. is. But no, no, no. At all. I no. had a great experience. Oh, this is where oh, my mom great. was. This is where my mom, who Sarah knows, uh, did fan. a great job. Um, she gave me a box of tampons, um, the slim, the slim fit. Like mm. it was a good one to start with. She gave me some jelly, oh. and she gave me a mirror. And she was just walking. She was like, "So what? You're gonna you're just gonna breathe." She showed me, uh, yeah. So <laughs> she didn't want me to go out and sleep with people, but she was gonna make sure that I could have a tampon. She's like, "And you're gonna keep needing and these. Just gonna You'll show never them every have day. sex. Yeah, <laughs> we just put them up there. Yeah, no, every day. Nothing will ever bleeding, get in there. not bleeding. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the okay. So that was the hardest part. Is I tried the tampon for the first time when I didn't have my period. Oh. And anyone who knows what yeah. that feels like, it's, it's like putting oh, a very dry, mm-hmm. yes, a very dry thing and shut, like, it's in this nice pearl thing and that feels nice, but then you're shoving it into a, a space. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Very graphic. You're putting it into a place. And the thing is, like, when you have your tampon, when you have your period, it's just, there's so much yes. moisture and so much... <laughs> Sorry, girl. There's so much. There's a lot going on up there. These are the facts, Sarah. This is literally literally facts. I'm talking to you as a 10-year-old, like my 10-year-old self, like coming to you now as like my 30, 31-year-old self. Um, Like that was pain. I remember my mom was also on the phone too where she was walking back and forth, like checking on me, not checking on me. And I was like, it hurts. Like help me take it out. It feels it's painful in there. And she's like, oh, that's just because it's dry. Like you, it's just because it's like dry right now. And then so when I tried again when I actually have a period, I was like, oh, this is not bad. This is wonderful. Yeah. This stops all the stuff, but I'd also have to <laughs> I'd also have to wear a pad too. Yes. So for a long time growing up, and I think it a lot had to do with like my illness too, which is like uh, always mm-hmm. full circle, mm-hmm. is I had to wear a tampon, a pad, and I'd also wrap some tissue <laughs> and put that in Dang. too. That was my life for a very long time. I got my period when I was ten years old. No. Oh, yes, oh, wow. I did. That's also cool. a lot of women with PCOS's stories is getting yeah. their period very early and a lot of the hormonal stuff early. Oh, so um, young. So yeah, I was ten years old trying to go to play practice, but I'd have to go to the bathroom first for like 15 minutes and take care of myself and figure out all this stuff. That's like doing um, surgery with all that. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, and I I mean, I was doing that up until I started to be on birth control because yeah. birth control slowed down all that stuff. But yeah, no, I had a really positive, like my mom did a great job. That's incredible. Of, yeah, of just letting, and she let me, it was like, here are the tools, yes. but you go, I'll be around, but you just figure this out. And so it was, 
it was great. I mean, I will probably do the same thing with my daughter because it was good. But maybe when she actually has her period, because it was really, it was very <laughs> maybe, dry. Maybe, maybe wait yeah, until. <laughs> it hurts just a little bit. <laughs> a little painful. I'm going to do that if I ever have a daughter. That That's because yeah. I feel like in my family, we like didn't talk about it and then like I felt very like shameful even though I had friends who were like getting their periods and stuff and I was like am I supposed to be excited am I nervous am I scared all of it um and it was definitely like yeah like getting into tampons it took me a few years and like I I was very uncomfortable and it just oh what a what an experience what a time um the best thing that happened is when I was diagnosed with endometriosis they were like you need to not have periods because it makes the endometriosis worse. And I was like, tell me more. And so (laughs) they put me on a birth control that stopped my periods. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And so um, I haven't actually like had a real period in years. And it's so great. I've saved so much money because feminine products are so expensive. Yes. Speak on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, wh- why? Um, basically, it's fine. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but yes, I think um, now, again, like as I've gotten older, I've gotten so much more comfortable in these different spaces, talking about it, sharing my experience, yes. including about periods and how I was so nervous and anxious and scared when I was younger and how great it is to not have one. Yeah. As, as, as I'm older. Well, I'm saying I was I was thinking about this because I joke that my first words growing up were like heavy flow maxi pad <laughs> because all my mother would talk about was like having my dad go like so my da- my mom calls my dad hello like she just shouts hello uh, uh, no. to find him so she's like hello are you gonna buy the pads? And it would just be like I would. I didn't know what pads were, but I knew somebody had to get them. And it was gonna be hello. It was oh gonna be God. hello. Hello was coming for him. Oh and God. so I was just like, okay, I don't know what these things do, but they're very important, right? And so like I just and like I never was told like so I was just always wearing like heavy ones all the time because yeah. I had to be ready for whenever it was going to come. It could be, it already could have happened. And did I you been always, like, did you wear them like even when like you finished your period or like if you knew it was coming, like you'd start wearing yeah. them in preparation? Yeah. When I okay. knew, when I started to know it was coming, yes. I'd be like, all right, get like the 16 pads. Let's arm up, ourselves. <laughs> like I never knew how many, cause I you know, you don't know how heavy it's yeah, going to be. Yeah. So I was like, all right, stack them up. So similar <laughs> to like your, uh, to Kimberly's uh, multi-level situation, where I was like, all right, four heavy ones, just stack them on top of the other. So I was just waddling for like a <laughs> oh week. My, how uncomfortable is that? Like, and your mom, who's this medical professional, clearly, she's it, like, this is fine. In quotations. You need all the protection. She's like, the doctor said five or six. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> medical professional. I don't know how the, Kimberly or Sarah, I don't know how either of you were like participating in the world with all we of this going on. It was between your legs. <laughs> it was super painful, and I I used to get really bad cramps. I mean, I still oh, to bad. this day yeah. I get like shooting pains from my ovary all the way down my leg, and mm. sometimes it impacts the way I walk. So I've been getting that since I was ten too. No. So it was like, yeah, you, I would be done for seven days. I'd just be done. Yes, and had to somehow like that's what's frustrating for me as a lady is that 
when my period is literally disabling me, like mm-hmm. I cannot walk. So, like it used to be for one entire year, I would always get my period on a, on a Friday and I had to work in the office and I'd have to lay in bed for like an hour to convince myself that I could walk, like Ugh. get up and walk and then I'd hobble. Like why don't we have days off for stuff like that? Yes. Because I am technically disabled. My body is bleeding. My body is in pain. It needs me to rest. It needs warmth. It needs love. And I can't give it that because the world is asking me to do a job. Mm. But guess what? My body's doing a job right now. And so that's a struggle for me as a woman. It makes me very, it's not, it doesn't make me anxious. It makes me angry. Yes. <laughs> Which I know that's not this podcast, but it's angry AF. <laughs> it's angry that's, AF yeah. right now. That's a different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Starting. Down the hall. That's, is yeah. that down the hall? You can be anxious and angry though at Ooh. the same time, which is me constantly. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> so live your best life. The girl. two A's. The two A's. Mm. That's what they call me. Double A A F. Just like the battery, she keeps going. I'll, I'll follow up on that. Um, with I, I work in. It used to be a very male dominated um, industry. I'm in the in the film and television industry. Um, oh hey, In production, me too. and and what? Yeah. But um, the, so what I was gonna say is like the days that we're on set, and these can be you know at minimum our twelve hour days, mm-hmm. and I can and can go later sixteen hours, seventeen Oof, hour days, yeah. and and inevitably you're gonna have your shoot day on the day that you start your period when you feel the worst, when you have the cramps, when you're the most tired, mm-hmm. and and now you're on set, and I'm uh, usually in a position where I I don't have a lot of downtime, right? Um. So when do I get time? I barely have time to go pee, much less go and deal with my period. Right. right. You know, where you need a few extra minutes and you can't leave. And as soon as you leave, somebody's yelling for you or looking yes. for yep. you or whatever. And so that's definitely. And I will say it's taken me, you know, I'm, I'm in my 30s now. It's taken me to be in my 30s before I'm comfortable being like, um, I just need a minute. Like, <laughs> yes. you know, usually it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just going to I'll be yes. right back, you know, and 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 sneaking those tampons around oh, and like, like yes. your sleeve or yeah. Yeah. Like, and like tucking like it you know and it's like yep. and it's not fair and and I've gotten much more it took having as a, a teenage girl in my life um who I'm oh. very close to and talking to her and realizing that like I don't want her to be ashamed of her body and I don't want and she shouldn't have to hide that she's on her period and mm-hmm. she feels bad today and you know what that's okay right and so talking with her I got much more open about it and much more dealing with it and so I'm on set and I'm like listen I just need a minute that's or awesome. I'm not like trying to tuck that tampon and you that's, know anymore it's, it's like, like hello I, I mean I don't wave it around <laughs> yeah but you know this is life and you know what if I have to deal with it every fucking month guess what boys mm-hmm. like <laughs> here it is to end it I just wanted to see from you guys what do you think for men that listen to this podcast since this episode is about ladies uh what do you want the gentlemen that listen to this show to take away from it that's such a hard question yeah no i you know because i've been i've actually been exploring this topic a little bit with um with some other gentlemen in my life i have a lot of gentlemen in my life i'm in a in a male driven you know world um I think that a lot of them don't know what they don't know. I think that they don't always know what we are dealing with every month. I think they don't know what it's like, what sex is like for us necessarily. It's very internal for mm. us. It's very external for them. That's a mm-hmm. big difference. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and I think that unless we communicate this stuff with them, um, you know what we go through every month with our periods, unless they know exactly how we feel or or what were, you know, they're just like, oh, PMS, you know, but they don't know why and they don't understand what is going on with us. So I feel more confident that I've had those conversations with 
um, workmates or especially my husband um, in so that he can understand. Um, let me say that again. I feel more confident that I've had those conversations, especially with my husband, because it's important for him to understand what I'm going through in that moment and, and you know, those hormones or those emotions or just the pain, like when mm-hmm. I want to curl up and that's it, you know, um, for for the people in our lives. So those guys out there, if you don't know, ask ask your sister, ask your girlfriend, um, maybe not your mom because I get it, um, but but or look it up like understand what these people are going through don't be weird when she walks through the office with the tampon or the heating pad or um is like oh my god i need three more advil you know and and you're like oh you have a headache no okay don't be weird about it you know like it's something we have to deal with all the time and we're half the population why shouldn't you be involved in that conversation so welcome to the conversation and welcome to our world and please be a part of it oh that's Mm. so great nikki Yeah. So good. Uh, I don't know, Kaden. I, I can't top that. Um, so. I'm like mostly just mad at men at this <laughs> point um, for a lot of reasons. So. But they, it, it's, okay. I feel like it's ignorance because yeah. when we're growing up, when we have sex ed with quotation yes. marks, Ugh, yes. they're not taught this stuff. They no. separated us in school yeah. and the boys went and had their yes. own college yes. and yes, the yes, girls yes. went and had theirs. That was so weird. They don't know. No. You know, and it's and it's not fair to be mad at them necessarily for that. Yeah. They just don't know and they've never had the opportunity and no one's right. ever said, It's okay for you to ask me. And they've they, never thought that they needed to ask. No, that's that's the number one problem is they're not like I Nikki, I will say I'm similar in the way of like when I was with my ex-boyfriend I talk all the time about my period like he could tell you he could write you a whole story and, mm. he, and I'm always like oh I'm always like I just wish you could be a lady just for a day <laughs> just, just for a day and yeah. he's like that's mean and I'm like it's not mean I just go through a lot of pain it's extremely painful yeah and you see that like I have issues walking when it happens and I'm like healing over and so like I don't know what to say to men I mean I would say like my personal thing I would want to share with them is that like we can be sexual beings I think they don't think that we're sexual and we want things and whatever but like there is a for me at least like there is emotion behind it too so like be respectful ladies be respectful of our bodies we want probably the same thing as you we can have high sex drives i told sarah like i could have sex every day <laughs> twice a day and <laughs> be just minute, fine please, and yeah. like get through my life so i just think that um we're different but we're the same and i just think that they need to um respect and appreciate that and we respect and appreciate them too um so i don't know Anything you want to add, or you good? I think I think these two ladies have s- summed it up so perfectly. And same men, just uh, as they both said, please respect us and please listen to us and please let us be part of conversations that we're not part of. Um, we shouldn't have to force ourselves in. Yeah, let us have a little more say in the things that concern literally our bodies and our personal choices. Um, Like I said, I'm pretty angry at men right now. Not to say that I don't love men and the men in my life. I'm actually lucky to have a lot of wonderful men in my life. But uh, in general, there's some work to do on both sides. But uh, not to sound like Trump. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Uh, Cut that out. No, no, that was actually great. (laughs) But uh, I I will say more of the blame. is on men right now and um i think just uh trying to understand a little better would go a long way for all of us that's it ladies this was amazing i could talk to all of you for days same and i think i do most of the time <laughs> <laughs> so, you actually do I think I literally so you're saying group thread 
So we're starting a group chat. Right. Group yeah, text. We're going to do a group chat. Group as, as, this. Yeah. This is Because I think this is the first time I've had all three of you in the same room. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at that. Look at it. Beautiful. Ladies, I adore all of you. Thank oh, you so much for doing thank this. Thank you. This love was you, great. Sarah. Mwah. We love you. We love, love you. you. Damn. That conversation was pretty fantastic. Thanks again to Kimberly, Kate, and Nikki for chatting with me. I appreciate you all so much, and I'm very grateful that you're all in my life. I'm hoping to do more group conversations like this in the future. So let me know what you folks think of the episode and what other types of panel discussions you'd want to hear. You can do this by emailing the show at anxiousafshow at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on social media at anxiousafshow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please subscribe, if you haven't already, wherever you get podcasts. And I'd also love it if you left a review on your favorite podcast app. And I wouldn't be mad if you left five stars. Just saying. Music for this episode is by Garrett Rose. You can find his work at garrettrose.com. We're edited and mixed by Brian Castillo. And this episode was hosted and produced by me, Sarah Carlin. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.